0: Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, episode 21. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In today's episode, what a week it was for Michigan golf. A 121-year drought is ended. James Pyatt becomes the first Michigan native to be named U.S. Amateur Champion. Plus, Willie Mack named APGA Player of the Year, and we'll give you a quick recap of the Northern Michigan Open over at Sheboygan Golf and Country Club over the weekend. Plus, recap, a wild week at the Wyndham Championship ending with Kevin Kisner emerging from a six-man playoff with a birdie on the second playoff hole. It's on to the playoffs, so we give you preview and picks for the Northern Trust at Liberty National as the top 125 make their push. For the FedEx Cup title. Thanks for listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the ticket, northernmichigan.com. Let's go. Well, we're going to be able to combine our first two segments here this week with our local look and the winners and losers because the biggest winner of the week uh, came from, you know, right here in our backyard, if you're a, you'll allow Canton, Michigan and East Lansing to be our backyards, which I think is safe it's still within the bounds of this state. So can you, uh, I know you said you were glued to it and you're watching on your phone while you're out on the boat. So take us through, you know, the week and the, and then obviously that final day, final match.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so over the weekend, the, the 121st us amateur took place. And, and James uh, Pyatt, who we've mentioned, several times on the show, uh but I never really thought we I never really thought we'd mention him lightly in this in this sense. Like he he's been playing awesome this year, so maybe we should have seen we it. We missed coming. the
0: boat on <laughs> we missed the boat on this, dude. I, we missed I mean, the boat on this. Yeah. I mean he, ju- he just he just won. Go ahead. We've been talking about this kid without really knowing how good he was.
1: Yeah. No and and I think that uh I'll kinda of get into it but all it all goes to the mentality that he has he is kind of Brought with him, brought with him to this this past weekend, and through his five years at Michigan State, was very much like the underdog, chip my shoulder mentality. I don't think he was he was not very um, highly recruited out of out of high school. He's really not uh, like as far if you look at what you're seeing the average or the stereotypical golfer look like these days. He does not look like that. he's not six foot three. Like what you're starting to see them become. Uh, he's probably 5'9", 150 pounds. Doesn't hit it very long, but he he hit some shots uh, in the moments where he really needed to. He met the moment more times than, than not uh, on that second 18. So like like, like we were saying, maybe we should have seen it coming because he just won the, the game championship a week ago. He yeah. just made it to the, the Sweet 16 against in the Western AM. And the Western yeah. AM is just as good of a field as the US AM. I, right. I won't be. I won't be told otherwise, and so he, he proved that he he was obviously capable of doing it.
0: And, and in good, well, he's obviously playing well right now. Yeah, he's in good form.
1: Yeah, he uh, last last season on uh, for Michigan State, he was uh, All American, honorable mention. He was second uh, in stroke play at Bandon Dunes last year at the one hundred twentieth U.S. Amateur. So he is he has proven that he is more than capable of of doing this well and
0: he's highly he's highly ranked right in the official rankings
1: they see they, i i think that must uh, i'm not sure everything that i saw on sunday was somewhere around like 85th to 86 in the world golf rankings for amateurs okay
0: yeah that's not that high no so and i was a bit of an, ups- bit of an <coughs> upset
1: yeah yeah so uh the he was playing, and of course now I'm not going to, it was Greaser, and I'm trying to think of what his first name was, Austin Greaser from Ohio, uh, North Carolina player, really, really, he, he was the favorite going into the championship match. Uh, James, after the morning 18, was one up going into lunch, and <clears throat> a little off topic here, Peter, but how... Is the oldest USGA Championship not on TV for all 36 holes? I don't even need it on TV. I just need to be able to either listen to it on the radio. I need to be able to like stream it. This is the this is the most important amateur championship, like obviously by far for in this country. And it can't be that we can't see all 36 holes on Sunday. It
0: it was it wasn't. Yeah, great. no, it's ridiculous. No, uh, there's a. It's terrible. There's a there's a hole there in the golf world, and if there's enough people out there like us, and maybe we should just fill it. But um, you should be able to listen at least to radio play by play, some kind of audio streaming audio. We know what a great product PGA Tour Radio is and has become, and how good they are at live golf. Um, it is a shame that that's not more accessible i mean i could stream i'm pretty sure when the western am was down here at glenview country club they were streaming everything from the quarters in so they must have had cameras out there i don't believe there was any accompanying audio but i mean it's a damn shame you know and like that was the presentation was a bummer all the way around on Sunday for that that reason that you mentioned that you can't watch all 36 and then meanwhile these guys on the PGA side are coming down the stretch and what was one of the more bizarre but still exciting finishes of the year in the last tournament of the regular season and you flip on CBS and it's Faldo making cocktails because he sold some segment to Bushmills whiskey or something. And it's just like, you guys, they're on 17. This can air later. And I just refuse to believe that broadcast TV can't be a little more flexible with their programming. Okay. Press a few buttons. Like we work in the radio business. We know how this, like, get off your arse.
1: mean it's not on TV. Like you should be like, I, I had to finally... Find it on. I found it on CBS Finally, after like the PGA, yes, the PGA, yeah,
0: yeah. The, and what did Golf Channel do? Just put on the la- the final eighteen holes, yeah. Or did they have like a predetermined time that they were going to join the U.S. Amateur coverage?
1: They had a predetermined time. So that started, um, that started at three o'clock, I believe, and it ran from three to four on NBC- on um, Golf Channel, and then switched at four to nbc for two hours so <clears throat> quickly back to back it's to james not,
0: i don't know maybe there's not enough people watching it but i don't <laughs> There has to be that can't just be on nbc I, well they had to show the rally cars or whatever else <laughs> like what are they programming at noon on a sunday that they can't miss
1: i don't know i really don't it it there was uh it was a little frustrating
0: Well, at least you were on TV for a couple hours, James.
1: Yeah, so, and that's when I actually really got, I mean, it was, it was actually a a fantastic match, and I'm not just saying that because it, it was a a Michigan native. So going into the back 18, the final 18.
0: uh, he was down.
1: He was, yeah, he was down substantially. So uh, on the very first hole, the uh, back 18, James lost that hole. He lost the 20th hole. They tied the 21st hole and he lost the 22nd hole. So at that point, he's two, two down. And then they kind of go back and forth for the next four holes, make, make three pars and one bogey, both of them over the next four. And then Austin gets to three up at, um, on the 27th hole. And this is when James did something that I've never seen. I've never seen somebody actually I've noticed he was not wearing sunglasses the entire day and when the second he went 3 down he put these Ray-Ban sunglasses on and he wore them the rest of the round and like, but i had watched I had watched uh the, the semis and I had wa- and I had watched these shots he'd always worn sunglasses on the back of his hat but he kind of just went into this he put those sunglasses on and just kind of went into like this killer mode where he just started to really hone it in it was it was very it was very cool to see cuz it was it was there was a direct correlation between when those sunglasses went on and when he started I love to that. he won. Uh, he won the twenty eighth hole. Uh, he won the 29th hole. He won the thirtieth hole, and he won the thirty first hole. All unbelievable. <clears throat> and uh, made a hell of a birdie on uh, the thirty first hole, which is a par three. Made a birdie on the twenty eighth hole. Ended up shooting uh, three under on the backside <clears throat> on the the final the final nine holes and his, I think what his, his best shot of the day was actually on the the 35th hole, which is a a short par four. They both hit it into the green side bunker on their drive. James went first and scalded it over to the bunker on the backside of the green and Austin hit it to probably about eight feet for birdie. Uh, At this point, James is, is one up going into 18 or, and they're on 17. James hits his, second bunker shot to probably about 20 feet away and he drains that so he puts Austin in a spot where he essentially has to make this putt now and he uh and he missed it so it was and that was about 20 foot putt for James coming back after to save par after a couple of of tough bunker shots so that was a you always you you kind of want to see it end on a on a make but we'll take what we can get
0: as a fellow sunglasses on the golf course guy huge win huge win for the whole crew not everybody wears sunglasses on the golf course and who is his coach is the assistant coach in East Lansing when I, was on his bag right uh, i wonder if that was him <clears throat> hey dude have you thought about putting the sunglasses on like what what was the conversation there I'd love to ask James about that, but like what was behind putting the sunglasses on and tell it to give us a little background on when you do and don't wear sunglasses, because for those who do wear sunglasses on the golf course, you know how tricky that can be, particularly in changing weather. And it sounds finicky, maybe like ridiculous, but they can change the way that the golf course looks to you. And in particular the greens. So, but what a, like, what a gutsy performance to be down like that and to come back and then to whack it around the 17th green and knock in a 20 footer to uh you know it doesn't matter how only matters how many so
1: yeah i i think uh i think austin uh looked like he probably had about a 20 yard advantage on on james throughout the day as far as as far as length goes maybe 25 yard advantage um but it, it, didn't, it didn't matter, I, and it, it was cool to see you mentioned the the, the origin of the sunglasses and like how he put them on. You could see his whole like something happened on that between the twenty seventh and twenty eighth hole because whole, his whole demeanor went from where I never he never looked he had no point did ever look uh, like frantic by any means, but he he started to look a lot more maybe because he started to actually play well or like hit some good shots, but he looked. Uh, like, like he was smiling. He was, he was kind of yucking it up with the fans. Um, so it was, it definitely it, it was, uh, to me, seems like an absolute gamer and I can't tell you how, how, first off, how cool Oakmont looked, uh, that golf course is sweet, sweet, sweet. And then the, it's always cool to see at the USAM how they essentially let the fans get within an inch of the greens. Like they can, they they essentially create a backboard, even on approach shots. They're the uh, the fan management's not great. It kind of works out well where there's not many of them. Uh, so
0: yeah, because there's, there's not really any roping or anything, right?
1: No, I mean they were they were touching. They were standing on the fringe
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the the whatever that would be the thirty third hole or thirty fifth hole. Yeah, it's awesome.
0: You feel like you're watching Caddyshack when they're finishing up the last <laughs> hole or whatever.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so everybody's
0: mo- just surrounding the green or like a shootout at your local, uh, no,
1: oh, exactly. You know, country club. That's so, what it looks uh, like. moving forward, James, uh, as long as he, he's going into his, his fifth year at Michigan state, uh, this fall, as long as he stays an amateur, he'll have his invitation to the 2022 masters 2022 us open and the 2022 open as long as he stays yeah. an amateur and then 10 years. Ten years is a uh, ten year exemption for the U.S. amateur, but I it's tough. I mean, if, if you I assume that his his goal is to um, try to make, try to try to do this at the next level.
0: Yeah. 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 Good for him. It'll be interesting to see. It, I'm. It, it's good timing and that he probably wants to play his last year. And so he uh, he does not have designs on turning pro, which means he'll be able to take advantage of those exemptions which is a huge advantage when you ultimately turn pro to have those appearances under your belt as we all know once you get on the tour and you have status it's quite difficult to get into those fields and particularly um the masters so you mentioned Oakmont. we will see we're going to see more of oakmont because you know it wasn't too long ago that the USGA announced that that would be an anchor site for the U.S. Open. So not only do we see the guys take on Oakmont in 2025, but then again in 34, 42, and 49. So just in case you all needed something to look forward to 28 years from now, there will be a uh, U.S. Open at Oakmont in in, uh, in 2049.
1: The people on Twitter will, will still be complaining about having no trades to Oakmont in 28 years too i don't know if you ever if you got was that a thing if you got any of that conversation uh these guys were taking alternate routes they weren't playing they weren't playing their fairway because it was just landing areas were bigger angles were better and there were all these traditionalists getting all pissed off online and i go, you easy guy you still have to hit the shop
0: (laughs) well if you're all worked up about that and you think the ams were bad just wait four years
1: yeah no 100 percent. yeah no it's... it's gonna be
0: worse <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i wonder it'll be interesting to see do they change it and do, is it enough of an issue that they try to change the golf course but oakmont's pretty demanding
1: uh, ah yeah, yeah the
0: reason they're seeking alternate routes off the tee golf course is hard so I, there's not I, a whole lot wrong with it
1: don't quote me on this the uh, the first round first and second round stroke play they played at uh oakmont and then a, a neighboring course the scoring average at oakmont for stroke play was like 77 something like that these are these are 312 of the best amateurs in the entire world and uh 77 stroke average isn't isn't great
0: yeah so congrats to james excited to be able to see more of him and continue to follow him we'll keep an eye on him of course as we get into the uh college season here
1: which is crazy that's like that's like here. I
0: know, I know. I know. So, um, yeah, just keep you know keep coming back and listening to us, and we'll keep you posted on what's going on, what's next in his career, and then obviously we'll be on top of him for uh, these appearances, these exemptions that he gets as a result of being the 2021 U.S. Amateur champion. 121 tries it took for a Michigan native
1: can't to believe win we just this thing. That. It took that long. To Thank you. It. you
0: James, we're all, you know, we bow to you and thank you for breaking our cold streak. You think the Cubs had a drought? 121 years it took for a Michigan native to win that tournament. It's awesome to finally say that we have a champion. And based on the summer that we've had as a state in golf, based on the attention being paid more to younger golfers in our area and so much success from junior players you know a lot now that we can talk about who are you know Michigan guys who have made it to the professional ranks and played well and had great amateur careers etc so my guess is no we're not gonna have to wait another 121 to win another one of these so
1: I would hope not it's I mean that was a that was kind of a staggering stat I thought I mean I've always thought that Obviously you think of Southern States when you think of golf, just with the ability to place 12 years a, or 12 months a year, but a lot of good golfers up here, a lot of good golf. It is, I guess I, I'm just a little, a little bit surprised. I know we have, there's a kid that was that played at university of Michigan a long time ago that won it, but he wasn't from Michigan, but it is. I, I, when I heard that I, I was a little shocked. I don't, I don't even know how many, I know um, there was a kid that played with me in high school that made it Nick Carlson who played at michigan made it to the uh semifinals of oakland hills when it was there however long ago that was that was what ten, five years ago six years well it was when 2013 was than that. 2013 12 because it was when we were like amateurs so I, that Oklahoma. would mind my, my senior year. so right, yeah. right around there but besides that there really hasn't hasn't been uh a ton of people making it deep into the, the round of or the Match play.
0: Have no. you seen many images of the redesign or the rebuild, just the remodel of Oakland Hills?
1: Uh, I, I saw a little bit of. It. I saw. I watched the video of it. I, I was waiting for like a little bit more of a a final. Is there a final? Outlook? Yeah, yet I, think,
0: I it... don't know for sure. I've just seen some stuff circulating on Twitter. They're finished, right?
1: That's why I wasn't sure.
0: I think it's been. I think they finished. Last year or maybe early this spring. I can't say for sure, but awesome. it looks amazing. Good. Incredible. And the golf course, have you been on that property? I have. Yeah. I mean, it's phenom it was phenomenal before. Yeah. So yeah. They made it better. That's one of the coolest places I've I've ever coolest golf places I've ever been. So I'm excited to uh see some see the pros get back out there and play that golf course. So hopefully the uh Oakland Hills will get the attention that it deserves moving moving forward. Another kind of similar to Oakmont, there's no trees. The greens are big and kind of squared off and very undulating and fast and mm-hmm. you know it tests all aspects of your of your game. So, yeah, anything else from the USAM?
1: US, uh no, nothing nothing that I could think of. Um so I really just want to reiterate how, how like much I loved looking at Oakmont.
0: Like,
1: I think it's very cool that like I know it's just a different style of play, different uh, much different parameters as to like how they make the U.S. amateur work. But like some of the venues that the U.S. amateur play on are really really sweet in comparison to uh, a lot of the, the PGA Tour events. Um, so I I mean I think it is um, it is awesome to see some of these courses displayed on on TV. But outside of that, I got nothing. I do think we got to talk about uh, Kevin Kisner because I think it was a big week for short kings, for guys that aren't 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 super big, but they can still get out. I I just saw that Kevin Kisner before the week was is pound for pound. There was like a pound for pound thing on Twitter. He he's the eighth longest pound for pound player on the PGA Tour.
0: The hell does that mean?
1: I think, I don't know, I think they did it like uh, how how much you weigh by how far you hit it. Your distance
0: against your weight?
1: Yeah, there was some mathematical equation.
0: That's just terrible. (laughs) So Justin Thomas is number one then?
1: Nope. No, he was actually, actually, did you know that Justin Thomas is average is only 302 yards off the tee?
0: Yeah, well, he can't hit his driver.
1: (laughs) Which is why I think that's a very skewed stat. I don't think, I don't understand how it's measured. Because you're not hitting driver every time. Is it only no, when you hit not, driver?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, yeah, that's not your, they're not measuring you only when you hit your driver.
1: So they're not. So it's just really whenever you hit off the tee, they're just taking the average of all those. Well, that's a very skewed, yes. a very skewed stat then.
0: Yes. Okay. It's not necessarily indicative of length, but it is indicative of sometimes of how confident you are with your long clubs.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, but real quick before we get into Kisner, we have a little bit more, local stuff because Willie Mack was winning again.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, he, he was. Did, did you he, see that? I did not. Uh, I, I couldn't tell if he, if he won a tournament or just won the player of the year event or player. He of. He won year an the
0: event, year. event and the player of the year. Oh, both. Okay. He won the APGA tour championship. He shot a 64. Wow. Um, And was named player of the year. So together he, the advocates pro golf association, the APGA, you know, that netted him. Almost $28,000. Um, he's into uh, Q school qualifying tournament, and they shot 65-64. He's playing so well right now, so we're going to keep following him this fall, and hopefully he can get corn fairy, full Corn Fairy status. Um so it's $10,000 for winning the tournament and then uh, $17,500 for season-long points and player of the year. So really a great year for Willie. Uh, congratulations to him, Flint native, as you all probably know from listening to us. Um, So really excited about, um, about the trajectory of Willie's career and some of the you know, positives and the achievements that he's had this summer and some continuing opportunities here. Uh, This APGA has done create this opportunity for Willie. I think is cool. And he's obviously taken, taken advantage of his opportunities this summer and played some great golf Mm -hmm. said some made cuts on the PGA tour. And I think this is, at least the second win that we've spoken of, and I think it's actually the third. So he really did uh, play great on this tour. So he's a he's a really uh, terrific player. I Can't believe it was ten years ago that I saw him up and close at in per, up close and personal at the Heather winning the uh, Michigan amp ten years ago. Hard to believe, but still playing great. So I just thought that that was worth mentioning before we move on to uh the eighth longest hitter pound for pound on the on the pga tour there in in mr kevin kisner
1: what did you watch any of it were you able were you able to find it on on uh your computer
0: <laughs> yeah once i figured it out i mean it was kind of ridiculous um
1: so before we I get like too watching, deep like, into I it i
0: watched like featured holes online before realizing oh there's actually something better than this um i had a and then i finally got i got the cbs sports app going like you mentioned earlier and then of course they put it on cbs like i think as the last group as henley was coming up 18 i think they put it on it's like okay thanks yeah now so and then they then they let the tournament run and showed they showed the ending and then they're like, all right, let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> and show you everything that <laughs> we t- showed earlier on golf channel and streaming or whatever. Or CBS sports, wherever it wound up. You I don't know. It's too confusing. I couldn't follow it. But anyway, my biggest takeaway is that I'm heartbroken for Russell. i I'm, I'm I like that those guys are both Bulldogs. You know, I cheer for the Bulldogs. I like these guys. Um you know, I've met Kevin. He's a funny guy. And I was really, really happy for him. And he's such a gamer. Uh I said to my wife, there's just zero chance that he misses this like Adam Scott had done on the previous playoff hole. <laughs> Not missing. And you saw how firmly he hit that in the hole, even though it's straight downhill. He's like, this tournament's over, boys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pack up, we're going home. But to watch Russell hit what he thought I really thought he was going to win the golf tournament in regulation. And I believed that until I saw that second shot come to rest where it did because he hit that shot and he thought he had 10 feet. He thought he hit that to 10 mm-hmm. feet. He thought he hit it perfect. The ball just kind of like scooted forward and released, which was interesting because Kisner's ball had done the exact same thing in the group or two ahead of him. Uh And we saw that that putt is really, really fast. And Russell hit such a good first putt. Looked almost the entire way like it was going in. And then he couldn't make the comebacker and miss the playoff and ended up in, what, like a tie for eighth or whatever, seventh. Because there were so many guys in the playoff. How did 15 under make it into a playoff at the Wyndham championship in decent weather when the lead was 14 under on Friday. I don't like it made no sense. I kept watching it and I like see gets to 15 and I'm like, Oh, thank God he got to 15. I have a top 10. There's so many guys up here. I'm worried that when these other guys there's going to be a bunch of guys at 16 and 17. And then there's n- Russell just couldn't, Quite execute, he hit two good shots on the par five on the back, had 20 feet for eagle. couldn't make it. That was after he'd made a couple bogeys, still made birdie there, but missed another short, a short maybe 10 11 footer on the par three 16. It was just like, oh, these have to go in, dude. Like, they it's right there. No one else is making birdies. Um, I was actually and he just couldn't do it and then the <laughs> the what do you think of like a six guys in one group playing a playoff
1: oh i loved it i i was i was rooting for i think i was rooting i was rooting for henley to miss his first putt because i wanted a bigger playoff But then between his first putt and his second putt, we were told that if it was a seven-man player, if they were going to split into four and three. So then I went from rooting for Russell on his second putt to actually, I was like, you know what, Russell? (laughs) I kind of want you to miss this because I'd love to see a six-man.
0: Wow, you never root against a golfer, dude. That is, you are really asking for trouble from the golf gods by doing that.
1: I got enough trouble on my hands. I, 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 uh, (laughs) I, well, I think it, so ended up, like, to that point the six-man playoff was the reason why adam scott missed that putt and i won't be i won't be told otherwise he had to he had to hit that shot and then he had to wait for forever. five third shots and what four four shots something like something so like did,
0: that so did kevin now
1: well I, i'm just saying
0: everybody that. everybody made par
1: oh yeah well, it was a clinic, that first that first playoff hole, watching all those guys get up and down. I go, I am so <laughs> inferior at golf. It makes me... When they can touch their golf ball around the greens, they're getting it up and down probably at like a 20% higher clip, you think?
0: Yeah, that shot, that that third shot that Kevin hit was insane. I thought... I, mean, it I almost thought, went in.
1: And then the shot that Siwu hit was...
0: like, What was...
1: What, <laughs> I didn't think he had any business hitting that shot, like be, being able to hit that shot. It was
0: it was remarkable so well, you can't you tate see you so you disrespect I yeah uh, was there I, ever uh, any doubt that this man was gonna finish in the top 10 this week uh
1: friday we friday afternoon maybe a little bit
0: uh so he did rally him he did rally he did make a nice little run there in the back nine on friday i think it was <laughs> where i was like okay okay birdies so,
1: so Adam doing I he made his, an
0: eagle. I think he made an eagle on a par five. <laughs> he did, yeah. He made a lot of eagles this week. Uh,
1: Adam doing his little finger thing, uh, his little aim point thing from from three and a half feet away killed me. You just watched well,
0: Why didn't he watch? C Wu?
1: I did he not? <laughs> what do you have to no, watch? He it, was, it was over t- there
0: to the right. They had the same line. c was right behind him. He brushes it right in like it's the easiest putt he's ever seen. You didn't want it. You want to go through your little. I understand you want to go through your routine, your little song and dance, whatever, but do that for the sake of your heart rate and stuff. Like you should have known the line.
1: I think it was great. Paying
0: this? attention to the other, to the things going on around you. It was. He made no effort to look at that, nor did his caddy. Apparently <laughs> they were just standing over there in the middle of the green watching like everybody else.
1: I text my buddy as they're walking up to the green. I go, if anybody in this group is going to miss this four footer, it's going to be Adam. Like, yeah you don't you don't exactly you don't right. switch to the plum bob for because you were a good traditional powder typically
0: well we missed on some good i know there are a lot of people that cashed kisner tickets i saw tickets in like the 60 range
1: oh crazy i mean he, i don't
0: know how i skipped over him because we were on him at rocket and i mean i mentioned i mentioned him last week that i liked him here. Um and I did play him in DraftKings and I had a good DraftKings week because I played Webb and Siwoo and and uh Kisner and I didn't play Na or Scott or so I, I wasn't winning any contests, but I was cashing. Um but gosh, I was kicking myself. A guy you root for on a course he fits at a time of year we know that he loves to play well because he's plays great at East Lake. Um Bummed not to hit an outright ticket there. And I didn't even have a Henley. I was just cheering for him because I, I, for some reason, I couldn't, you know, I had a couple worthless tickets, McIntyre and Munoz. Munoz played fine. He just can't play the last four holes on that golf course. But it stings a little bit when one of your guys wins in a predictable spot and you don't have enough. You didn't back him enough.
1: Yeah, I don't know. He hasn't been playing. I mean, you can know, you can you can say that I mean that course fits him great, but he really hasn't. Or I've I thought that he, he should be playing well. He hasn't played well on some golf courses where I felt like he he really sh- should have excelled. But I think he's turning into obviously form's not. Ter- I don't feel terrible about missing it. I guess I am glad he won. Um, and oh well, yeah, hell yeah! I wish I had him at sixty to one. But I think it, like it opens up the bigger question. I think it's very relative right now with uh the european i am i am i think i am because i, I want to i want you i want to know what your thoughts are should kevin be on the rider cup
0: of course not who's isn't who that, i don't that think an easy answer
1: i don't think so not with not not with where he's at now no he's at he's at 18 now so are not 16 now so no i don't think it's as easy as it was when he was at 25. It's so
0: far down dude just you know, how many guys make the team i well. am so
1: sick of tony finau being on this team he needs to win a golf tournament before he can be on a Ryder cup team he needs to win something one tournament
0: he's not but he's not a guarantee right
1: i mean he's he is he would be uh he'd be in like the the top 12 where yeah but not he not the could top be replaced no oh, he's not in the top eight no so he could be replaced can you
0: go- can you tell us, like, who's seven and eight? Are you looking at it right now? I
1: will be in two seconds.
0: Pull it up for us, since you decided to bring up this subject.
1: It's just, it's very real because it's, it's being talked about online. I just wanted to.
0: Yeah, I know. Just because Riggs mentioned it one time, everybody takes him seriously, which he doesn't even intend to be taken seriously. And here we are talking about it when it really does not make sense.
1: No, no, it, it probably really doesn't just given if it was on a different, I don't really love the golf course on. So let's just go, uh, seven and eight is, it's a is
0: terrible golf course for Kevin. Yeah. even no. to, We need to be bringing the females of the world this week, but we've lost seven, of, seven of the last nine
1: though. So we do, should we keep bringing phenols? That's, well, okay. that's the argument. So let's go seven, right. seven Walk and eight is Jordan. Yeah,
0: tell us who's, who's locked and who's kind of bubbly. And who's back to go all take us all the way through 16 and Kisner?
1: Okay. Col- Colin Morikawa is the only one that, that is fully qualified. He's got a Q next to him, his name. So I mean, I think that means he's in. Dustin Johnson, two. Bryson, three. Brooks, four. Justin, five. Xander, six. Those are your, those are your top sol- solid six. Then it mm-hmm. goes to Jordan Spieth. Harris English at eight. Patrick Reed at nine. Daniel Berger at 10. Patrick Cantley at 11. Tony Finau at twelve, Webb Simpson at thirteen, Scotty Scheffler at fourteen, Jason Kokrak at fifteen. It's actually Billy Horschel at sixteen, Sam Burns at seventeen, and then Kisner at eighteen. That is your that is your top eighteen. So we'll start at seven. I don't think you can leave. I'm
0: gonna that. I'm gonna go, I'm not even gonna make it that hard. I'm gonna say there's only one open spot. Harris Harris just shot a forty
1: one. On the back If you side don't put
0: Harris week. on the team, that is criminal. <laughs> he should be an automatic qualifier. Well, if he won the- two tournaments this year. Who else has won two tournaments this year? Uh, he's playing the best of potential. He might be. He's playing as well as any other golfer in the world right now, with the ex- possible exceptions of John Rahm, Jordan Spieth, and Colin Morikawa. To not have Harry on the team would be, that's just, theres it's indefensible. It's indefensible. You can think about maybe Patrick Cantley, since he seems to be a part-time professional athlete and doesn't really play very much golf. Uh, we have no idea what kind of form he's in because he never shows his face. Mm-hmm. Living underground somewhere, so maybe, and then yeah, Finau at twelve, who is in really poor form. So we can talk about. I think we can talk about two spots.
1: I would. I would give a burger spot too. I would at least put the contention on it. So there's three.
0: Who are you going to give Daniel Burger spot to of the names that you just mentioned?
1: Uh. <laughs> I think I'd give it to Scheffler over, um,
0: Oh my gosh. Just cause Fire. he's cause,
1: cause he does seem like, I think they're both. and that's not that's nothing against burger. I'm just trying to find you. Just the way that you're talking is like exactly the way that we've lost seven of the last nine. You're yeah, you know, just picking the same, we same player
0: and we don't, we don't perform. So if it's playing back, be- taking players who are less good when you need to play better, is not a recipe for success. We don't have an Ian Poulter on our team, okay? We don't have Ryder Cup specialists on the American side. Just bring the best players. And if you need tiebreakers, choose fit for the golf course. Use some statistical analysis here. How do you succeed at whistling straights? It is not by being Kevin Kisner. I'm sorry. And if we ask Kevin that, he would say so. The golf course is incredibly long, and that's exactly how we should set it up so that we can bomb it past them. We have a huge, should have a huge advantage on this golf course. So we can't be overcomplicating this. Daniel Berger is one of the best drivers on tour. He's a perfect fit for whistling straights. He should absolutely be on the team.
1: We're going to go into 2022 down or 2023 down losing eight out of the last 10 now, just because we have the <laughs> same thinking we've had for the last, however many years. I'm not saying that like Kevin should be on the team, but I do think that something we need to I, match play and stroke play are not the same. All of these points are based off of stroke play events. So I, I, they're not, the, they're not the same. You, you just told me all these, all these bad players. We can't have bad players pick bad players no, but the European no, team I never the European team is like 50 bad. they have like four guys that are in the top 40 f- top 50 in the world and they seem to do just fine so i don't think it really does okay, matter how all, good somebody is a stroke play
0: that was it that was that is not correct how many is it at all that statistic
1: how many how many how many is it you think Europe? there's
0: four Europeans in, in the, the top, top 40 50 of the in the top in the top
1: 40 yes i do think i don't think it's far off of that
0: do we have to do we now have to do i have to pull up the owgr now <laughs> i think Go so through every player from a european country
1: well i mean i, I think we should like tell by the floor.
0: we're not gonna make it past 15 before we get to four well,
1: who are the four then the top 15
0: rom is one Mm-hmm a long
1: pause so Louis, louise at louise obviously not european that's your next uh answer not european hatton at 13 victor at 14
0: rory at well, 15 hatton's world golf ranking is hanging on nicely despite his poor play
1: so you only have in the top uh so have
0: four in the top 20
1: yep and you gotta get to 21 for paul casey 23 for fitzpatrick so you're at six now We gotta get all the way down to Lee Westwood at 30.
0: But we we know that this the Shane Lowry at 40. The results of the tournament have not been based on that. Like what you're saying about it not being based on your official world golf ranking. I don't think it's because they bring a certain type of players or a certain like they're outsmarting us strategically. They just bring a different approach to the golf course as a team they want it more than we do they enjoy it more than we do they it's a bigger deal for them than it is for us etc cetera, etc cetera. so maybe now, that's that's what think, i'm thinking
1: like i think it's a bigger deal for like, kevin than for one of the of maybe there's the other guys i think he loves match play loves team events where right? i think he gets up for this event yes yes these guys are better players than kevin kister i will give you that but i think when We're talking about the Ryder Cup getting up for it. Maybe the US guy is not getting up for it enough. I think Kevin does get up for it.
0: Well, I would never be opposed to having Kevin on the team. I just think you're grasping at straws there. Like, uh, he's not going to change the tenor of the team.
1: No, no, no. I don't think he's like, he's the the last guy
0: in. He has no, it has to be a top down thing. It has to come from Steve, it has to come from Jordan, it has to come from DJ brooks those are the guys who are going to say hey look everybody and they have the smaller locker room at whistling Straits, which we know from having been there can't wait to continue to scout this out as we get closer and closer to the tournament but somebody's gonna have to just say look we're not leaving here without this effing trophy everybody put everything else aside and go out there and play your best golf doesn't matter who you're paired with look across the tee box and tell me you're not going to walk off the 18th green with a W. Every single one of us is better than every single one of them with the exception of John. So do your job and go out there and win. And it won't matter if it's Ke- if the last guy is Kevin or the last guy is Tony or the last guy is whoever. Because we have a, we are so superior as a team, all we have to do is figure out mentally how to play to our ability and our potential. Never seen worse golf from Americans than when they play in the Ryder Cup. It's like a jinx.
1: Fingers crossed, it happens.
0: There's always well. That, that was a great discussion.
1: <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't think he's going to pick. I
0: think we really got it all figured out.
1: <laughs> I don't think he's going to get picked, Peter. I just don't know. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. I. I. When I. I. I'm still. I guess it really goes back to the eight or the seven out of nine, is jarring to me. That's a jarring stat. When you've. I know there was a period. Was that like late two thousand, late two thousands when there were actually quite a bit of European tour players in the top fifty in the world, where it wasn't that unheard of. But like, it does seem like that's that does seem like a lot of a very lopsided last nine Ryder cups yeah just give well, it well i think the the, like, where the other thing is
0: we talk about the last guy in not having a big enough impact being like kevin the last guy in who changes your team is phil as a captain's pick it's a veteran with lots of Ryder cup experience obviously tiger is not available phil just won the pga now the thing you have to deal with is that phil is not good so right now so this isn't a champions to a riders cup rider cup so no. that would be you would have a liability in terms of how you in what golfers you'd send out. But the rest of your team is so young that like even if they go there, I think that's a less offensive pick than Kisner. Like I love Kevin. He's had a terrible year. He has not played well. And yes, has he started to play well in the past month? He played well at DGC. He's had a couple other finishes and obviously then he wins the playoff at Wyndham. But. It's not as if he's like lights he's all of a sudden lights out and you know, like it's guy's just on a tear. If he keeps going, maybe the discussion changes. And we did talk about how how well he plays this time of year. But he's really pretty. That golf course is long. It's gonna be cold and windy and gnarly and I just hope it's not too gnarly for our country club team, you
1: know what I mean? Oh uh, well I, we talked I I think I mentioned that right after we played whistling. I go like her why are we playing whistling? Like I, I know it's not <laughs> links, but like it seems like the closest thing we got to Lynx besides like there obviously well, are a few, there are a few other ones that just like when you think of like there are a lot more parkland golf courses that may fit the American's eye better than whistling.
0: It did uh yeah let's go back to Hazel team. It did also hail while we were on the putting green. They
1: did. And on the driving range.
0: <laughs> and on the driving range. So that's what I mean. Hopefully they avoid that. Because I don't know. DJ is going to be like, can we go inside?
1: I don't know. We'll, we will. Uh, when do they make the picks? Is it between the third and the fourth playoff event?
0: I thought you were going to know.
1: No, I, I believe that for some reason that's like sticking. I think they play a few of. I don't think they play the whole. Because it's, I mean, the the Ryder Cups happening here in a month. Isn't it? Isn't I know. It's September, crazy, right? End of September?
0: Hang on, let me look it up. Talk amongst yourselves.
1: Because I really.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think it was. It's. Following the tour championship.
1: Following the tour championship.
0: Six automatic qualifiers, six captains picks.
1: Is there. Honestly. I'm trying to see who's yeah. that. Six and. So, yeah, I mean, the, the top six guys obviously are all even if they do get moved or like to the seventh or eighth spot, those guys get switched, they're still gonna still all be there. Um
0: you know, Webb can kind of fill the the veteran role too a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it, it's pretty uh American golf is in a pretty good spot right now. I mean we got the the top twenty five guys. I mean you gotta, I know Matt Wolf is also a semi pro golfer, but he's I mean that's the twenty fifth Best American and the Ryder Cup standards was pretty good.
0: Yeah, we just need to pay it off. Damn. Yep.
1: Yeah, Guys gonna...
0: just do it for, do it do it for yourselves. Like don't do it for us. What? Just do it because you want to beat them. What's the you definition of insanity, Peter? <laughs> Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's what I thought it was. Okay. All oh, right, can we look ahead? Yes. <laughs> can We talk about. I've been some I've facts? been
1: looking ahead to the Ryder Cup. <laughs> but the keep me up at we night.
0: Look ahead to this more immediate ahead, the yes. closer ahead. Yes, we can. This week. What was the Euro side too? Remember when we looked at the odds and we almost just bet the Euros? It was, I, it, like was it was plus two hundred. It's like what the hell? Yeah. They should be the favorite every year until we <laughs> improve that we can get out of our own way.
1: I lost. We're a little bit off track, but I lost so much money. Uh, would that have been three years ago now on the Ryder Cup? Because, I mean, obviously, it's, I, it's it's so tough to to pick, and I I, mean, I felt like I was I could, I was shooting absolute blanks. I couldn't pick, I couldn't pick a pick a match to save my life. So I'm gonna do
0: better this year. I got a good feeling. Yeah, you're gonna be just backing Kevin Kisner in every match. Nope,
1: he's not gonna be on the team. <laughs> not gonna be on the team you've proven you've you've shown that the americans are going to stick with their same game plan most likely and
0: well i don't know how well our buddy kevin i don't know if he's going to build on his points at liberty national <laughs> if he does then maybe he is a fit for whistling straights i do think this is kind of like a in a weird way this is kind of comparable because you have to hit your driver here that's like 7400 yards uh i think the par seventy one too. This golf course has this interesting history because it's over in Jersey with like a view of the skyline or whatever. We played the president's cup here in uh 2017. Yep, which yeah.
1: Kevin went on to feed it at.
0: <clears throat> Thank you, Hunter. Worth mentioning. And at first, like Tom Kite built this, they raised a bunch of money to build this thing as on a landfill. It was something else before it was a landfill. And it's just like one of these just projects, big, big golf projects. And so they send everybody there for the Barclays or the Dell Technologies or whatever, and it's just summarily dismissed as a pile of crap. And they're like, every tour player is like, don't ever, you know, the answer is no. Like, we don't like it. It's bad. And so what did they do? They just rebuilt the whole thing. But they redesigned it. They widened up all the fairways. They cut the rough down. You know, like they just made it so that the tour players would appreciate it more but it is an interesting combination of like fairly even though you'll see like tall grass if you ask the players it's fairly generous off the tee and it's long so you have to hit a lot of drivers but then the greens are pretty small so it's big big everything and then we come into these tiny little greens which have a lot of undulation like webb simpson has said they remind him of donald ross green's So like the greens, we just put it on last week and you saw how slippery those were. If you watch those playoffs and getting above the hole, how difficult that is and all that kind of thing. So that all comes into play and you have to be careful with your approach. So the statistic that most correlates to success here is approach. However, I do think you need to be good with your driver. You certainly can't be poor with your driver. So total driving is key here. You need to be either pretty long and semi-accurate or you need, if you're shorter, you need to be super accurate. So um, the other thing is, for some reason, the Northern Trust is almost always won by an elite player. I think there are two counterexamples of this. And otherwise, in the dozen years or whatever, Going back in this championship, I think like almost all but two or three have been won by somebody in the top 25 in the official world golf ranking, and I think the past four or five, maybe even, have been won by players already in the top 10 of the FedEx Cup standings. So it is, uh, you know, some people will say this is the hardest golf tournament to win all year because it really is putting the best 125 players on a golf course, which the majors try to do, but don't exactly do because of the exemptions. And the, if you, you know, if you won, you can come back and, mm-hmm. you know, you'll have guys like, like James playing, who bring the field strength uh, down a little bit. So some people say this is the hardest tournament all year to win. And thus it's often won by a premium player. So, if you just wanted to bet the best player in the field, I think you have to just go ahead and take the eight to one on Rom. I won't be doing that. In the off chance that he doesn't win, even though I think he tied for third the last time we were here in 2019 when Reed won, uh, I give him a I give him a pretty substantial chance of winning this golf. Tournament this week because it's a big boy golf course. It's gonna test all parts of your game. You have to be really good with your irons, but also with your driver. John is great with his driver and he, and even a little bit better with his irons. Um, and then you do have to be able to scramble because you can't hit every green when they're this small. And we know how well he's been playing around the green. So he is at the uh top of the odds board this week. And it is soft, major-ish type pricing if you go and look at uh, the odds board. So, you bear with me for a second. I'll go through it. But you're getting, like, really premium players at high numbers this week because everyone is here. Everyone besides Louie, it's a 124-player field. So, all the best players In the world, pretty much are here. So, Ram, I see I'm showing now at nine to one. DJ and Speeth are next at 16. Morikawa is 18 to one. Should be a good course for him based Mm -hmm. on how accurate he is and how good he is with his irons into the small greens. Xander is 20 to one. Rory, 22, along with Bryson and Brooks. I've heard a lot of interest in Rory already early this week. Webb, He's currently sitting at 28 with Paul Casey, Justin Thomas, obviously sticks out a bit at that number, and Patrick Cantlay, who Hunter would like to dismiss from the Ryder Cup squad. And then at 30 is Hideki, Victor, Berger, Scheffler, answer Cam Smith, 33, Adam Scott, who played well here in 2019 and won on this golf course way back in 13, is 40. With Reed, Harry, uh, Finau 45, Connors, Hatton, Neiman, Burns, route out, round out the guys 50 to 1 and under. Um, so it's an interesting board, soft pricing. This is a really tough event to bet because you're gonna have you you're presuming that I really can't scroll past 50 and think that i've got a really much of a chance to cash a ticket here definitely hit each ways if you're taking any kind of a long shot type of play because it is hard to win this golf tournament if you're you know one of these guys that's dealing with either some you know like brian Harmon is just not quite as good as John Rahm. So it's going to take a lot of things going right for him to break through here. I think it's more likely that these guys break through to a top five, top three type of finish than actually hoisting the trophy. Um, I think Rory's interesting. I like Rory's game here. Obviously, on long golf courses, Rory always plays well because he's so good with his driver and his longer irons. His weakness is actually his approach when he gets closer to the green. So I can understand the interest behind him. Uh, people also say that this is a lot like quail hollow or plays similar to quail hollow in terms of bringing out uh, a similar player. You can get it around here. If you're short, like Heath Slocum won here, Brand Snedeker has played well here. That's back when he was playing some really good golf, but don't be surprised if you see some shorter hitters play fine, but yeah. Um, you know, I really like Ram this week. I just think he's really playing great. I've heard some interest on Spieth. I don't think this course is perfect for Spieth, but he's playing great. I, I think he can win anywhere. I think it sets up really nicely for Colin. So there's just a lot of reasons to back a lot of guys towards the top. Um, I bet Reed at 40 um, because I don't understand why he's 40. And I just thought that that stood out clearly as a value. I'm thinking about betting Justin Thomas at 28. I worry about this course being too flat and windy uh, for him. But if he can keep his driver or whatever he hits off the tee and play, his irons could really shine here. So I think he's interesting. And then I bet Johnny Vegas to top 40 uh, plus 120. I think you guys have heard me talk about him i think a little bit the past few weeks but he's just like if you look at the liberty national stats the ball striking stats are just absurd i mean if you didn't have to putt or chip this guy would be a top five or ten player in the world over the past 12 16 20 24 rounds so he's plus odds to top 40 i may even go in on a top 30 or something like that. I don't think he's going to contend here, but I think he can get around here great with his ball striking. So those are, you know, it's going to be probably a pretty light week for me. I might save a couple bullets. The only other guy that really stood out to me right away that I like for this golf course is Hideki Matsuyama. He missed the cut at the Wyndham, which depressed his number a little bit. And I think people will be off of him. Might end up being more of a DraftKings play because I haven't seen a number that I love. He's priced in that kind of web area in the high 20s, low 30s. If I could get like a 35 on Hideki, which I think I might get if I wait deeper into the week, I'll probably take that because I think he's in awesome form and his iron should be able to really, really shine here. And with a winning score around 10, 11, 12 under. I like that for Hideki. He doesn't have to make a ton of putts. He can rely on his ball striking. So, what about you? Any strong takes on the odds board at for Liberty uh, National? I really this like. Is a,
1: go ahead. Go ahead.
0: This is a tough event to bet.
1: Yeah. No, I, re- I really like that Patrick Reed number. Um, he won here, and he won here two years ago, didn't he?
0: Yeah. The last time we played here, he won the tournament. Yeah.
1: So that forty to one number really does stand out. Uh, I don't I don't really remember the how that 2019 tournament went as, as far as how he how he played or well, how the rest of the field player, the conditions or anything like that. But to see I mean, to see his number there with. He is an absolute I mean, he is an absolute gamer. And I think to see his number there with his success just two years ago is kind of I mean, it kind of shocked me a little bit. And then another yeah. number. Go ahead.
0: Real quick on Reed, one of the reasons why I liked him, and I mentioned off the tee, is strokes gained approach is still more corollary, and that's never Reed's. That's not really popping for him right now, but he's second in the last twelve rounds in this field in total driving or strokes gained off the tee.
1: Oh wow! That's
0: so kind of... I think he's hitting his driver great, and if he's having a lot of shots from the fairway in, I think he can potentially hit more greens than maybe he normally would. But the thing about Reed is. Everybody's gonna to have to scramble a little bit around here this week because you can't hit all these greens. The greens are just small. You're gonna miss some greens. And he won at 16 under. And I don't I don't think the winning score will be quite that good this year. So if it's 12 or 13, I like him even more because he can save par is the best, you know. If you pulled tour players, a lot of them would you know, feel compelled to say he's the best short game player on tour.
1: Uh, And then, then uh, I'm I'm similar to you. I'm going to go light this week, but another guy that I just, I have an outright on is Colin Morikawa. I, I mean, just looking at his, what you mentioned with, with needing to be accurate uh, with the approach and then just looking at some of his, um, the top of tour and, and approach, approach to the green and strokes gain T to green second and green regulation fourth and adjusted scoring. So it's hard to like, it's hard to see those stats and then not say, I will take you at eighteen to one. So that's that's kind of where where I am with with Colin. It seemed there has been there have been at least in both of his uh, victories this year. I've, I have it has at least crossed my mind to take Colin. And I look at his number and I go, well, that's kind of a low number for for Colin. He's proved me wrong now on multiple occasions this season. So I'm just gonna bite the bullet and take him.
0: I think eighteen is a fine number. I'm thinking you're actually getting a little bit of value there. I mean, I don't see DJ is like a Northern Trust horse, which is a weird thing to say because they move this tournament around. I think that's why he's down at sixteen. But really, Colin should be the second favorite, uh, in my opinion. I agree. So I like the value there. Um. If you really want to get crazy, you can ride with me, Andrew Putnam, to top forties plus five hundred. I put five dollars on that. I don't know. He was you. tied for like eleventh here in twenty nineteen. He gained like five strokes putting in the final round. He birdied <laughs> four of the last five holes. I didn't realize that until after I bet him. But I think that's kind of sneaky playable, and that that's my Ryan Armor pick of the week from the Wyndham, who. I was cashing four out of six DraftKings lineups, meaning lineups in which four of six players made the cut, which is unheard of because all four of the guys that I had were in the top five, and the other two were Brant Seneca and Ryan Armour, and they did not make the cut. And I played them like 50%. <laughs> um, real quick, because I think we're pressed for time, but a couple things I learned over the weekend. One was that Xander Shoffley has a French Bulldog,
1: I knew that. Yep.
0: Didn't know that. Whose name is Chewy?
1: Did not know that.
0: I don't think. Just thought that that needed to be put out there. That's all. I'll just leave that there.
1: Wow. P- Peter Garber, known dog hater That's what it sounds like. <laughs>
0: you don't like I dogs. love dogs. Well, I love dogs.
1: Are you not a French bulldog guy?
0: Not like a huge, <laughs> Not a, not a very masculine dog. Not a very masculine I would body. say this Colin is, is Colin
1: is not a very masculine person. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. He
0: looks like... Oh, no, Xander.
1: Oh, Xander. Oh, I thought you were talking about Colin had one too,
0: actually. Colin has one too? I I kinda thought so. Wow, you guys are I've been married for four years, I think. Something like that. And you guys are whipped.
1: <laughs> you don't uh you just think I I I don't I kinda agree with you, I don't necessarily like There are a lot of other breeds of dogs that would get over a French Bulldog. but
0: Now, I will say these guys live in, like, they probably live in cities. I live in a city. It's hard to have a real dog. Most of us are choosing from a limited number of breeds. However, presented with those same limited number of breeds, we would be not walking away with the same dogs.
1: Uh, Um, I I want to correct myself before Colin gets any slander online. He actually has a, a mini golden doodle. Not a French, not a French. And don't you dare say a word about Golden Doodles because my family are proud owners of a Golden Doodle. And she name is fantastic. Fantastic What's her name? Uh Pip. Oh, Pippin. I love that. Pippin,
0: I guess would be her full name. That's a great. But yep, no not shedding. for Scotty Pippin, right? No,
1: no, no, God, no. Um, Pippin, <laughs> like the rabbit, there's a rabbit, I think. There's a funny funny little now we are getting off. There's a book.
0: Oh boy, here we go. Ra- here we a, go. Where a rabbit are we book
1: that we have it's an alphabet book that we have it's it was a kids book and we've named our last like three or four pets out of that book we just found the rabbit that <clears throat> that matched whatever letter I mean just whatever one looked like most like same color whatever it be and that's how we've named our several of our dogs now their pets.
0: That's a system. It is a system. And I don't know if you're in.
1: Go ahead, because I actually have something to add too. That's it's pretty. Did you
0: see what happened at the Savannah Bananas game? (laughs) Familiar with the Savannah Bananas?
1: Uh, I wasn't until this weekend.
0: Say it just one time, and so you won't believe how fun it is. Savannah, I really can't.
1: (laughs) Savannah Bananas. Savannah Bananas.
0: Okay, this guy. His walk-up music. You have to go look at this for anybody who hasn't seen this. Maybe Hunter can retweet it. To our zero followers. You didn't hear that.
1: Brad Brad and JT will see it.
0: (laughs) Guy uses the master's theme song as his walk-up music to the plate. Brings a caddy with him. The caddy uses a range finder. The announcer says, now stepping up to the first tee. Absolutely phenomenal performance. Best walk-up presentation I've ever seen. The guy even gives him like a nine iron and he shakes it off and sends it back. And then the dude gives him a bat and he's like, yeah, this one's just right. And he takes a golf swing with it. It was phenomenal. It is just spectacular golf finding its way into popular culture. Thank you to this gentleman. I don't know your name. You play for the Savannah bananas, which is, If you're not, if you guys aren't, you guys are winning every game regardless of the score right when you take the field because of your name and how much fun you have. But just, I'm going to see if I can get his number.
1: You know what's like kind of like Josh
0: Lavender, Josh Lavender. You're the man. You're the man loved every second of that. Thank you for that. Phenomenal.
1: It's pretty impressive.
0: Biggest golf takeaway from the weekend. just kidding James <laughs> you're the story dude
1: I will uh I will quickly mention this happened this weekend I don't know if you are familiar but uh Sheboygan Golf and Country Club host the uh northern Michigan Open every summer this has been going for like years and actually what? Bra-
0: how are we not playing in this I,
1: because because once I read these scores I'll, I'll let you know why we're not playing <laughs> we <laughs> Our names would not be on this leaderboard, I don't think. Uh, so in the cha- oh, it's not
0: a net championship. No,
1: no. Well, there's there are several flights, but in the champ we might I'm maybe in the open. I'm a
0: solid handicap right
1: now. Yeah, in the championship flight, first place was uh, a a guy by the name of Nathan, uh, Kranick. He shot sixty four sixty eight for a putt pot. Nope, at Sheboygan Golf Country Club, and I've played that golf course several times. It is not like a. It's not. It's actually a it might be one of the best like one of the better things sheboygan has going. did you see really he it. shot 64. let me keep going because it actually gets better second place was adam miller he also shot oh i 60, know adam miller he shot 64.69 to finish in what second the place hell? third place was pj maybank he shot 64 and then followed up with a 70 to finish in third place 134. fifth place was casey hogart now we're kind of back to reality. We're back at 6970 for one one thirty-nine.
0: That's still good though. Casey's a, a great player. Eman- he whipped Tad's ass in the Highlander.
1: Emmanuel yeah. uh, Petrick shot sixty-eight seventy-one to finish fifth place. I have to say this guy's name. Mitchell Geek G-E-I-K shot a sixty-one seventy-nine. <laughs> Come on, dude. 61 and a 79 for a 140, and then finish off John Mikov shot a 67, 74. Okay, so that we golf course.
0: Golf course. We know almost we know
1: was, all those guys. Yeah, no, this is a this um. I think this is a very is cool. That an thing invite that, only? No, I actually I, I think you, if you if you pay them the admission fee, uh, you can get in. But,
0: uh, so I would probably. What were the winners from the first flight where I would probably be?
1: Uh, so in the in the Open Champion or in the. I guess this would be the Pete. Stemp, uh, so the it's also called the championship. I know all these guys. So Pete Stempke shot 75 to finish okay, one one right. fiftieth uh, or one fifty. That uh, was first place.
0: Okay, I can shoot a couple. I can shoot a couple scores in the mid seventies, maybe.
1: You ever played Boy Golf Country Club?
0: I think I have, but I can't remember it.
1: I sure it's a par seventy. I can't think of nine berries in that golf course. I'll tell you that much. No.
0: Well, at least it's a par seventy. Yeah, yeah. I thought that kid shot 11 under. No. Probably not a kid guy. These guys are all, all about our age. I
1: don't know. Mitchell sounds like a kid's name. Mitchell, there's no, there's no, I don't know any Mitchells that are over the age of.
0: Well, does your brother ever go by Mitchell?
1: I call it Mitchell. I'm the I'm probably the only person I know. Are you
0: him. the only one? Yeah. Just, I don't know why. I just always. Mitchell's a strong name. Just,
1: but I don't, I don't really hear it as like an older person's name. So I, I did feel like I had to mention that because I, I do think this is a very cool thing that Sheboygan Golf Country Club does every year. And obviously it brings some very good players to the uh, hey, to the field.
0: Hey, by the way, one of the things I wanted to ask you just before we close out, we've probably gone too long, but do you have a pick for the FedEx Cup? Do you have a FedEx Cup pick? And is that something we can be gambling on right now?
1: Uh, I have not, as far as like the the final standings,
0: yeah, like who's going to win the the cup itself? Cuz we're aren't we doing that weird thing again, right? Where everybody starts at a different score.
1: Yeah, where it's yeah, it's the
0: What a circus.
1: I think I actually I do think that is better than the you have to if you're in the top 5, you can automatically win the tour championship. Like that I di- I didn't like how how that was set up prior. I don't know if this is the answer, but I do think it's a better answer than what that my mathematical equation we were working off prior. I think this is, in a way, easier to understand, but maybe not at the same time. It just kind of—I guess it depends how it's laid out.
0: So, is the FedEx Cup going to be pretty much between? Are we thinking like it's Ram and Morikawa are probably like favorites one A one B?
1: I I don't see if you look at the the top five guys in the FedEx Cup I think Ram and Ram and Colin are gonna do the, the least amount to play themselves out of it before the tour championship like I think they'll still be right if they they'll be right there where if they play well at East Lake they're gonna win
0: they're not gonna play themselves. Well, and Rahm's, like probably gonna, Rahm's probably gonna win this week so he's gonna have a big lead
1: he'll be curious to see I mean, he's been off what now for three weeks two weeks
0: scorching freaking hot.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's lost he can't uh,
0: play he can't play a golf course without shooting five hundred right now.
1: I saw a stat last night. He's lost to five golfers in his last seven tournaments, and four of those were majors.
0: He, so. He's on fire. And two of them were probably Colin. Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, those guys, those two guys, and then one maybe one of them was Jordan. And those between the three of those guys, I would love to I think Jordan winning the FedEx Cup would be a massive story phenomenal for golf and i think it's definitely within reason i'm not sure these courses are like really good for him I think these courses are better for rom and even colin but this one's good for jordan because everybody is going to have to scramble a little bit this week so he actually hasn't been chipping it as well as he normally does but the around the green numbers aren't super but mm-hmm. we all know he's good at that so that can turn around
1: on a dime. Uh, that's, that would be
0: an awesome story, but I really give Rama.
1: Yeah, I give Rama. Rama or Colin are my two. I don't know if I'd pick probably just Colin. Maybe. I don't know why I would pick Colin over Ram, just because Ram's been playing so well. But between those two guys, one of those two, I think, going to win it, which is not really very far out on a ledge by any means.
0: Well, here we is. This is a really exciting time for golf. we got Corn Fairy playoffs, too, going on, so. Yeah, yeah. Are our guys, Stewart is safe of our Michigan guys. Joey Garber is in the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. And I'm guessing that Ryan Brem is probably too, because he's not in the field this week. He did not finish in the top 125. No, he didn't. Buy so it. he must be going down to Corn Ferry Finals.
1: I don't know where he finished. I think that's probably
0: worth. Let's have some good finishes, boys. Ryan was playing good at the Wyndham, and then he slipped a little bit on Friday. I think he ended up missing the cut.
1: Yeah, he finished 185. So I think yeah. that gets him at least into the Corn Ferry, right? Top 200 gets into the Corn Ferry. Yeah,
0: I think a uh, top 200, one 126 through one through 200 on the button. I think. Mm-hmm. So lots of golf to watch. Congratulations, yeah. James! You did the entire state of Michigan proud.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. Really awesome.
0: All right, good luck at the Northern Trust. Yeah, talk to you. All
1: right, thanks, Hunter. Yep, I'll talk to you.